This is 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. I'm Elvis Iverson and this and with El, with Errol Anderson and um Betty Olson and Marty Paris. 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast is an international project in 72 Nations where 72 Nations can call into a live conference call for prayer, healing, deliverance, throne room encounters. Angelical encounters, prophecy, visions, social, um, 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 soul presence, God, revival, anointing, and breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, when did I start doing this? These conference calls. Well, in in two thousand and thirteen, the Lord led me. It was me and um, um, it was at that time we were S I M, Apostolic Conference Call. Hallelujah. And it was Elvis Iverson and. And Rodney Folkers. Rodney Folkers is a missioner. He was a person that was, um, you know, a farmer, and and he um, was selling the the wind blowing, and also he had a, a conversion. Hallelujah. And and he would just go to the mountains of Montana and seek the Lord, and and he was a missioner. Hallelujah. And he was a a, a pioneer, and he's a co labor a co labor and co-founder for Supplication National Ministries and Global and Commission Apostle Trinity Church. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. And amen. Praise God. And then um, when we formed um, 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast, hallelujah, um, the Lord let us do it. Hallelujah. Amen. To reach the 72 Nations. Because God gave me a dream about 72 Nations. Hallelujah. And apostles in 72 Nations. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, hallelujah. Errol Anderson is the burden bush of North Dakota. Hallelujah. He is an apostolic teacher. Hallelujah. He has been to a, a certain number of nations. Hallelujah. As as a missionary. Hallelujah. And and, and he is a, a person that prays and fasts and, and um, follows the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a true... Pentecostal, hallelujah, praise the Lord, an old-timer, hallelujah, that um, continues to be renewed by the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen, and and um, glory to God, and, um, and and then you have Betty White, Betty White is a intercessor, is is a, leads a prayer group, hallelujah, and, and, and in the past she was a um, part of um, administrator and, and intercessor for, for big Ministries, a couple of big ministries in the past, how she really influenced and helped and aided. And now she's leading this prayer group, hallelujah, that meets in Phoenix, Arizona, hallelujah, that, that, that's um, praying for divine change in in America and in other nations around the world. And she moves in healing and deliverance. Marty um, um, Paris, um, Paris is, is a warrior of God. He is a warrior of God, a warrior of God, hallelujah, and and um, he led a, a for a time he led a, a spirit of warfare network in Nebraska, and then the Lord um called him to help raise up global and commission apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah. He is one of the pillars and co-founders and co-laborers of global and commission apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah. Praise God, and and I'm glad that he has come a part of Seven Two Nations Conference Call podcast, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Amen, hallelujah, and and I'm Elvis Iverson, Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My articles are read 
um, by many across the world. Um, my ebooks and 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 people watch my seedcast videos and and listen to our podcasts. Hallelujah, praise God! I mentored several people around the world: apostles and prophets, fivefold ministers, business people, politicians. Hallelujah, glory to God! Many people have have been influenced um, by this ministry in India and in the Philippines and Africa and and several nations around the world. Hallelujah, praise God. Um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. I was already in a traditional church, but I wanted to know the Lord more, and I kept on calling upon the Lord. And one day, the Holy Spirit, I, I, I prayed a prayer, and I said, I want to serve you all that is life. I give my life to you. And it was like somebody opened the door of my bedroom, and it was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking tongues. Hallelujah. When I was 14 years old, hallelujah, I heard the voice minister my word. The voice of Jesus ministered my word, hallelujah. I heard it three times, hallelujah. When I was 16, I began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. When I was 19, hallelujah, I had an encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ. In, in, in hallelujah, encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Jesus Christ appeared to me. He, he asked me how many members I want. And he gave me a vision for my life, a vision for my church, a vision for my ministry, and a vision for Omaha, Nebraska. And he laid his hands upon me and reached his power in me. And from that day forward, I started flowing in word rivers, opposite prophetic rivers, the deep prophetic, signs and wonders, hallelujah, the gifts of the Spirit, the blitz gifts of God, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, amen. There was a time. Amen. Right after I got done with Bible college and I began to minister on the reservations in, in Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota, I would have visions, um, 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 several visions of heaven and some visions of, of hell and, and several visions of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we're in a day where, where I've translated to many nations and I've also teleported. Hallelujah. And, um, and also, um, I, um, I've been having visions, going up in the throne room every day, and exploring the many heavens. God has given me the revelation of the many heavens, hallelujah. But also, God has led us to um, to plant a church in Omaha, Nebraska, it's called Global, first of all, Global Anna Commission Apostle Training Church, hallelujah. It is a radical, normal church. It is, it is um, a church of, let me tell you, it is um, um, a community of home churches. Each Global Anna is a community of home churches with a sanctuary. And Global Anarch is an association of churches in many cities and many nations. Global Anarch is a radical normal church, a mission-based church, a home church-based, a family-based church, a house of prayer-based, a supernatural encounter-based. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you're looking for a church, amen, for Global Anarch, you can find us on Facebook uh, or or um, uh, or um, visit um, ElvisIverson.com. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so, but Supplication National Ministries has been ministering for years. That's the name of the ministry. Um, 17 Nations Conference Call Podcast is a part of that. And um, you can visit ElvisIverson.com and become a partner and plant a seed. Hallelujah. And 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 um, and get connected. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And click on the S.I.M. Torch and get connected. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to mail us a donation, you make the checks out to... Supplication National Ministries and the member rate donation and the mail to Supplication International Ministries, P.O. Box 8132, Omaha, Nebraska, 68108. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, you can give by the cash app. The, uh, the cash app, it's the money sign, then SIM Omaha. You can give through PayPal. It's paypal.me slash SIM Omaha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, um, 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our messages, um, we have our podcast um, once a month, hallelujah, except this in December. Hallelujah. And the number to call in is is 516-597-9857. Hallelujah. Praise God. And and that is in Central Time Zone. Central Time Zone. That's Central Time Zone. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're calling from the outside of the USA, hallelujah, you have to enter um, that number plus the access code, which is 3441921 plus the pound sign. Also, you can go to com. hallelujah. Amen. And we have more information about... Um, um, 17 inch comes called pockets. We have 70 numbers that, that a number for 70 nations that you can call. And also, there's an app that you can download. You can go to a free conference call and you can download this app. Hallelujah! You can download this app. Hallelujah! Either on your phone or on your computer. Hallelujah! Where you can call in free and you just got to enter the meeting ID is SIM team. Hallelujah! Praise God. And, um, um, one thing is, um, you want to. Ch- with the center time zone, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And if you want to check your time zone, you can go to worldtimebuddy.com, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, hallelujah. And glory to God. So, so um, also we have a, a partners list. Amen, hallelujah. You want to become, um, re- receive more from the 17 Nations Conference call. It's a Google group, hallelujah. And you can say, hey, just prescribe me to your 17 Nations Conference Seven Two Nations Google Group, Hallelujah, and also follow Elvis Ives on Twitter, Hallelujah. Praise God. The no times and dates, Hallelujah. Also, we have a Facebook page for it, which is Seven Two Nations Comes Call Podcast. And after, after these messages, after these messages are done, Amen, Hallelujah. They are uploaded to our podcast, Hallelujah, which is Anchor FM Seven Two Nations, and and also Elvis Iverson has. A, a um, podcast is Anchor.fm, Elvis Iverson, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, amen, and, um, amen, and, and Errol Anderson has his own podcast, hallelujah, amen, Anchor.fm slash Errol Anderson, E-R-R-Y-L, and then A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray, praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me just, I want to pray for everyone here that's listening to this message right now. Hallelujah. I want to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in the authority of the Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, for everyone who's listening to this message. It will influence in the church of the world of God and the 72 nations. Oh God, Lord, I pray, Lord, let let many people come from each of these nations into this uh, uh, call. This comes call, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and let revival come to the seven two nations of God. Raise up apostles, prophets, raise up the new apostolic ones, and establish the thesis of the reverend, establish the reformed grace message of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, let everyone that has called up, that partake, hallelujah, that's influenced by this ministry, bring forth multitudes of breakthrough, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God. Lord, I pray, release deliverance, eating, healing, healing, miracles, creating miracles. Release freedom in Jesus' name. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, man. Lord God, I pray, Father, for breakthroughs, restitution, restoration, restoration, healing. Amen. Hallelujah. And freedom to come to people. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And Father God, I pray. Amen. 
I release the revival anointing. Release multitudes of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the God of the Bible. I believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, three in one. I believe in the virgin birth, the death, burial, and resurrection, and your ascension, and your second coming. I believe that you're forgiving me of all my sins. You wash my... You wash me from all my sins. You read my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you have saved me. Lord Jesus, come in my heart. Live and abide with me forever. Lord Jesus, confess you as Savior. Lord Jesus, confess you as Lord. Anoint me to serve you all the days of life. Lord Jesus, save me now. Lord Jesus, save me. Let me be born again. I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And help me to serve you all the days of my life. Save me now in Jesus' name. Let me be born again in Jesus' name. Come in my heart and live and abide with me forever. Fill me full of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Well, stay tuned, hallelujah, for our next episode, hallelujah. Praise God. This is just the introduction of, of 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. Welcome back to 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. Amen. With Betty Olson and Marty Pierce and Errol Anderson and Elvis Iverson. Hallelujah. 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 Um, after this conference call, this this um, this will be uploaded to our podcast, 72 Nations, and anchor.fm slash 72 Nations. And also, I have a podcast called Elvis Iverson. And Earl Anderson has a podcast. Amen. Hallelujah. That's at anchor.fm. Earl Anderson. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord. And Marty Pierce has a podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many people have a podcast? So, to God, glory. Hallelujah. And his, his podcast is is his name Marty Pierce and he is the old warrior hallelujah praise the Lord to God be all the glory amen amen, amen. hallelujah amen praise, amen praise the Lord amen praise the Lord amen um, amen hallelujah let's, let's open up in prayer Father in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you this time. We thank you for your presence, O oh God. Lord, we value the presence of God. We highly value. Lord, we we invite you today in this conference call, this international conference call. Lord, we surrender to you. We surrender to you right now. Father God, Lord, I pray that the healing anointing come. Healing waters, the fire of God, radical healing. I pray, Father, waves of breakthrough, an outpouring of angelical hosts in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, um, Betty? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
I want to share with you a little bit this morning about what are we doing here? God put us each here on this planet at this time. He has a purpose for each one of us. And and it, it, it says it God formed us in our, in our mother's womb before we were born. And we were put here because God has a purpose for each one of us. And for some reason, this is the time in history he chose for us to be here. And so I, I was going through the Bible and I said, Jesus, what are we doing here for? Are we doing what you called us to do? And, you know, we're really not. We're really not. We read Isaiah 61, which says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, this is written for Jesus, but it's also written for us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the year of vengeance of my God, to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, planted of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. This is a lot that God has called us to do. And how many people who call themselves Christians are really doing it? Jeremiah 33 says, When I call upon you, when I call upon you, answer me. Show me great and mighty things, things that I have to know. We need to call upon the Lord for him to show us what he wants us to do. Because in, in Psalm 32, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you shall go. I will counsel you and keep my eyes upon you. And then Jesus comes along and he says, we're to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And Luke 9, 1, he says, then he called the 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. How many Christians today are actually proclaiming the kingdom of God? That's where we are. That's what we're doing. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer that we are to pray for thy kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be praying for his kingdom on this earth. His kingdom is what he wants. He wants his kingdom in our lives. He wants that power, authority in our lives. Jesus also says in John fourteen twelve, I most assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to be the Father. <clears throat> most Christians aren't even doing the works that he did without even doing greater works. We are called to greater power and authority in this time. We are in a time that has never been in history before. We need the power and the authority of Jesus. We need to operate in his kingdom. Jesus said to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. There is so much hurt and pain in the world today. And we as Christians are to have that power and authority. And he says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. 
Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. We need to ask, God, let your kingdom come in my life. Let your name be praised and glorified in my life. There are so many hurting people today that need to come into the kingdom. There are so many people on this planet that have not even heard still about Jesus. And we are to be instruments. We need to be praying in our neighborhood. I drive through my neighborhood. I walk through the neighborhood. I pray for angels of awakening, to awakening the people in my neighborhood. We have, we have the power and the authority to do so much, and we're not operating as Christians as we should. <clears throat> I hate to say it, but it's like the church is dead. The, the, the life of the body of Christ today seems to be in small groups, people that are out there that really care, that are walking with the Lord. Like like Elvis and and the, the guys on this call, they know the power of God. They know the authority of Jesus. We need a great awakening, not only in America, but on this planet. It's God's will that all be saved and enter into the kingdom of God. We're in the most crucial time of Christianity. We're in a time where there's a lot of stress, a lot of turmoil. Uh, the the evil that Satan has been doing has been revealed so vividly and so so horribly. It it it's it's appalling what the devil has been doing to people and children over the years. And we we've been in the blind, not realizing what's happening, but we sure know today what's going on. So I I pray that we are all awakened to what's coming and what God is doing, and that we have a part of walking in his power, his authority, walking in his anointing, walking in the glory of the Lord. And I'm going to share a little thing that I got this week. It, it's something that it, it, it's vital for all of us. Now, many of you <clears throat> that aren't in America probably have never heard of Catherine Kuhlman. But she passed away a few years ago, and she had a powerful anointing from the Lord. He wanted her to bring people into the kingdom, and she did. And she worked in, in power and authority. I was at three of her meetings, and I sat there in awe at every one of them because the presence of the Lord was so powerful upon her. The anointing was so powerful. The healings of people getting out of wheelchairs and walking, and, and it's just amazing. But this has happened the day she died. I'm going to read this to you. <clears throat> The day that Catherine Kuhlman passed away, all of the power went out in an 800-bed hospital. Her heart rate should have read as irregular and then moved to flat line. Her heart had been fine, although her other organs were failing, but she never went in an irregular heartbeat. Catherine was gone in the blink of an eye. Fifteen minutes after she passed away, a brand-new nurse, her first day on the job, who was an unbeliever, went to check her pulse. Catherine wasn't cold. She wasn't warm. She was hot. The air in the room was thick with the fragrance of roses. Not a few roses, millions of roses. The head nurse in charge came into the unit to write up the time of death. The time was 1.13 a.m., on February 20th, she chastised the new nurse for allowing, allowing roses in an ICU room. Flowers aren't allowed in an ICU. The scent of roses didn't fill one room, not one floor, 
but four floors of the hospital were overtaken with the scent of roses. The scent then permeated across and under the path to a hospital across the street. There were no roses on the floor or in Catherine's room, but that's where the fragrance originated. The new nurse, nurse said that she and the another nurse could barely stand in the room because of the presence of the Holy Spirit anointing. The weight of his glory was overwhelming. When they checked the notes from the previous nurse that she had scribbled before Catherine's final words, in that note, Catherine said, I shall die February 20th at 1.13. Please have only roses at my funeral. The new unbelieving nurse dropped to a chair, weeping, having been touched by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, to leave the world in that kind of glory, to bring just one more into the kingdom at your death, and to be blessed with roses. Catherine was met with millions of roses and the voice of her first love when he said to her, Well done, my good and faithful servant. A few days after this, um, Benny Hinn on his radio TV show interviewed that nurse, and she verified all of this. God, we want God to be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful service. We each have jobs to do. There are people that need healing, that people need to get set free, people that need to come into the kingdom of God. I pray that each of us can take a hold of the kingdom of God greater than we've ever done before and fall into the anointing and glory and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for this day, Jesus. Bless the words of all who speak this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Praise God. Right before um, Errol um, speaks, I mean, um, I want to say a few things. Um, The Lord put it on my heart, and what he said is, Awake to the fire of the Holy Spirit. And see, the thing is, before time, before the begin, the third person of the Trinity, there's a fire, a fire that burned, eternal flame that can never go out. And, and that flame was the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The life given force of all creation. But he's a person. He's real. He is alive. Hallelujah. This fire burns. Hallelujah. We can touch this fire. And this fire can touch us. Hallelujah. We cannot hinder this fire. We cannot limit this fire. Many churches have tried to limit this fire and try to put it in a box. And the fire left that building. They only had little Holy Spirit. Even through they had the Holy Spirit as a believer, they did not have the Holy Spirit in the building. Could they limit him? They only had a limit Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not be caged. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. 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 
there are those that call themselves apostles, and depending, there should be a certain degree of freedom that's in their atmosphere that they bring. There's control. They may not be, they may be immature, they may be false or, or not. But the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty and freedom. Liberty and freedom. We have politicians that say they're Christians. But they're into socialism and communism this day. This is what's popular today. Well, the Holy is the Holy Spirit in their life? No, the Holy Spirit is not in their life. A sign that the Holy Ghost is in your life, there is such, there is such freedom. Freedom. Freedom and the Holy Spirit is the same person. The Holy Spirit is freedom. Hallelujah. Praise God to bring freedom. There's fire. Some people are against cessationism. I remember I ran into this person in a store and ministered to him a couple months ago, and he said, hey, you should come visit my pastor and all that. But he's not in the gifts and all that. You know what? There's people who say they're not in the gifts. They're not in the cessationism. They don't want God to touch them. They don't want God to touch them. They don't want to experience God. How can you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if he cannot touch you? The Lord wants us to awake today. To awake. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13, says, A fire shall always be burned on the altar, and it shall never go out. No one can put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. No one can stop the fire of the Holy Spirit. No one can hinder the fire of the Holy Spirit. As a born in Christian, as a spiritual believer, this fire has been lit. Because when the Father, when Jesus said, I go to my Father and I will pray to you, he'll send another comforter, a helper, who is the Holy Spirit. And he'll abide with you. See, this fire has been lit in us. It can it cannot go out. It has been lit on this earth, and it cannot go out. And this is the source, the source of the of the growth and the power of the church. The Bible says in song or song, Hallelujah. Verse 6, it says, Set me a seal upon your heart, a seal upon your arms. For love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. And its frames are frames of fire, most vermin frames. Verse 7, many walls cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the walls of his household, it will be always despised. See, this fire cannot be quenched. It is the love of God. Hallelujah. There, there is Christians that 
that they say they're a Christian and they have no love in their life or they struggle in love. And the Bible says those who are born of God love. Because when you become born again, the love of God is shed and born in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Every true believer will have the witness of the Spirit in their life. And they will have the love of God in their life. And they will confess, publicly confess, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There will be no deception. In a believer's life, who Jesus Christ is and what he done for you. And see, the thing is, that love, that love is what sets you apart. The fire of God. And the Lord is saying, it's time for you to awaken. Many of you have the Holy Spirit in your life. All, technically, all believers have the Holy Spirit in life. You cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. And and um and we got the bats and the Holy Ghost, but we have downplayed the bats and the Holy Ghost. We have limited the Holy the bats and the Holy Ghost to just tongues. Well, there is the fire, there is the wine. There is the wind, there is coven tongues of fire, there is the power of God. And much more. We gotta remember that in the beginning. God spoke the word. The Holy Spirit hovered over. Hovered over the whole entire and when he spoke it, how it it came into being. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, says, For our God is a consuming fire. It's unquenchable. It is unquenchable. You cannot quench the Holy Spirit. You cannot quench the Holy Spirit. I have seen fire that's coming, and I see the revivals that are coming. They're not your puppy dog revivals. In the past, the Lord allowed... But he, now he's coming like a muddy line. And if you open your backyard and you saw a line in your backyard, you will shut your door right away. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, this is a favorite verse for all spirit-filled believers. You can probably ask them if they have heard this vo- this this verse. And if they did, they're probably not spirit-filled believers. And it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, with a window fan in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn. But... He will burn it up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Hallelujah. 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 This is what's going to happen. This is what happens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's going to burn up all religion. 
He's going to burn up the, your addictions. He's going he's gonna to burn up your, your ideologies that are against Christ. He's going to burn up your, your, your doctrines that, that you set up as idols in your life. He's going to burn up your programs. He's going to burn up your lukewarmness. He's going to burn up politics. I, uh, a month ago, I was in the presence of God. And somehow I was having a vision. And I was in China. And the Lord says, it is the presence of God that will bring an end to communism. It will bring an end to the Communist Party in China. It is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. Hallelujah. And that's true. It's the presence of God that is going to bring in to socialism and communism. It's the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because light and darkness cannot stand in the same room. And where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, Then there appeared on them divers kinds of tongues, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. This fire. We're going to have this, this fire. It's time to awaken. It's time to awaken. Hallelujah. It's time to awaken. Hallelujah. It's time to awaken. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If if you, if there was a campfire in your backyard and you did not start it, you would go outside and see what's going on. Okay. Well, we need to, to, to honor, to appreciate, to make room for the Holy Spirit in our life. I remember Biddy Hinn, he wrote this book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. This really helped a lot of people. It took them to the next level. It, it, it helped start the Argentina Revival. And from the Argentina Revival came the Toronto Blessing. And from the Toronto Blessing came the Bronzeville Revival. And see, many people are praying. And the fire on the altar is the Holy Spirit. And it's burning day and night. In 1973, a man named David Young Cho started a prayer mountain. 24-hour, seven-day prayer. And he prayed. He prayed. And the fire, the fire, the Holy Spirit calls us to pray. Anyone who has the Holy Spirit in life is going to be called to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was recently, a couple years ago, I was at this this um, tent meeting, a prayer, prayer and worship tent meeting, harp and bowl. And this lady, I was talking to this lady, and she said, one thing I don't like about these churches is how they they don't have any lights in their church no more. They it, it they turn off. Uh, they turn off the lights during worship service. 
and and God God's thing is all all light and all that. He's all about all light. Well, one thing is, in the most holy place, there is no light. Jesus is the light. Okay, He is the light of the world. He does not need artificial light, and that's the problem. A lot of church has artificial light. I don't like artificial light. I like real light. When you're outside, when you see that light, the sun, it, it gets vitamin D, good vitamins. But those artificial lights don't give any vitamins. And a lot of churches have artificial light. And in the most holy place, Jesus is the light. The fire is the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In in the Old Testament, it talks about the dark cloud. Because we have to move beyond our senses, move beyond our limitations, move beyond our boundaries, move beyond the flesh, move beyond our religion, and totally surrender. Hallelujah. And walk in the faith. It's time to cater to the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's time to cater to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to pray a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for everyone who's listening to this message. Everyone influenced by this ministry in the church all over the world. That you awaken us to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That you awaken us to speak it in tongues. Awaken us to the power of God. To the fire of God. To the wine of God. To the wind of God. To cover tongues of fire. Awaken us to the Holy Spirit. Awaken us to revival. God, awaken us to this eternal flame. Awaken us to the presence of God. Awaken us in the name of Jesus Christ. Awaken us right now. Let the fire of God come in Jesus' name. It is not based on us. It is only based on the blood of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, awaken us. Oh, God, Lord, for the fire is there. The fire is there. Hallelujah. The fire is here. In the name of Jesus Christ, the fire is in Russia. The fire of God is in China. The fire of God is in Israel. The fire of God is in India. The fire of God is in the Philippines. The fire of God is in France. The fire of God is in China. The fire of God is in Sweden. The fire of God is in, in Ireland. The fire of God is in Canada. The fire of God. The fire of God is in every nation. The fire of God burn, 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 burn. Throughout the whole entire church. You can't put out the fire of God. For it is eternal. Man never lit. For the fire of God is the self-existent one. Hallelujah. Let it burn in our lives. Let it burn all socialism and communism. Burn up the persecution of the church. Burn up the works of the devil. God, burn up all these religions in the name of Jesus Christ. Burn up poverty. Burn up all these uh, things that afflict man. Burn up any turmoil, any troubles. Burn up every spirit of warfare. Any demons that try to 
attack us at night or in the daytime or anywhere. Burn them up. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Errol? Hallelujah. Amen to everything that Betty said. Amen to everything that Elvis just ministered to. You know, Jesus didn't have many good things to say about the scribes and the lawyers and the Pharisees. Here's this man of love, this creator of the universe. And yet he had very harsh things to say to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to the scribes and the lawyers. We don't have those scribes and those particular names with today. They call themselves theologians instead. It's the theologians that have come in and said, well, on the day of Pentecost, doesn't happen anymore. That was just a one-time event. What happened? Errol? What happened? He, he pulled us to go back on. Errol? He'll, he'll call her back. Hallelujah. Amen, Father. Hold on, hold on. Errol? Maybe maybe his electricity went out. That could happen. Hallelujah. Father God and the Lord, Lord, we break and renounce every spirit of warfare. We bind and break and renounce every demon spirit, every contract of retaliation in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind and rebuke and renounce in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we break any attack on the phone lines, oh God, or, or the, or or the, um, we break and renounce all attacks in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. On the internet in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus Christ. 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 Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Um, Marty, are you still here? Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you like to pray? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we boldly come before your throne of grace and mercy, covered, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice, and we shall be glad in it. And Father, you put something on my heart for Psalm 1, verse 1. I will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I stand not in the way of sinners, and I sit not in the seat of the scornful. But I delight in thy law of the Lord, and I am blessed. So thank you, Father God, for that. So, Father, we bind any Satan's occult frequencies, any transmission from the second heaven that is uh, blocking our brother early. His teachings are amazing. We thank you for that. But we thank you for your son. And we thank you for the leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit. And as Brother Elvis spoke, let the fire of your Holy Ghost surround us. Not just to protect us, but to lead us, to cast out those demons, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel to every creature. Holy Spirit, lead us. Teach us. Guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. And Father God, I ask that the fire of God be released to everyone who is listening to that. If you're hearing it now or if you listen to this in the future, cover yourselves with the blood of Jesus. Seek his faith. He is calling you. As Elvis said, you have a purpose on this earth. The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you. You know, I <clears throat> I work in the world, and I sometimes get displeased with the people I work with. They seem to be demanding part of my job. But I remember James chapter 1, verse 19. The King James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The Amplified says, Understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear. Quick to hear. Be a ready listener. Listen to your friends. Listen to those people who are suffering their own tribulations in this world. It also says be slow to speak. Again, let let the Holy Spirit lead you. He will never contradict the word of God. And lastly, be slow to take offense and to get angry. I used to get so angry with this world until I, until I really felt the love that the Lord Jesus has for me 
that he has for you. That he just, he just wants you to turn your attention to him. Matthew chapter 6.33 says, Seek ye the kingdom of God first, and all these other things will be added to you. So do not worry. If you have anxiety, pray the Lord Jesus take it away. If you are suffering pain and trauma in the past, he will take that pain. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. The Father God, in Jesus' name, again, we thank you for this. I thank you for all these brothers and sisters that are listening. I thank you for the prayers and the message that Elvis had. The prayers and the message Betty had. And the prayers and the message and the teaching of our brother Earl, who we will hear in the future, hopefully today. So, Father, this day, we enter into rest as Christ entered into rest. But we also know that faith without works is dead. So we invite your Holy Spirit into our hearts if he is not there already. Invite him, my brothers and sisters. And let us search the lost. Let us seek those who need to be found. I love you all. May God bless you. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Um, in Song of Solomon 6 and 7, as I was talking about early. See, the fire will never go out. A lot of Christians, they lose their fire. And and the thing is, it's just a lie. Because they, their, their, they base it on their own strength and not on the blood of Jesus Christ. It says the fire will go out. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And just as when Jesus said, I go to my Father to pray for him to send another helper, that fire has been set in our hearts. And, and, that, uh, and that, uh, that fire is also the love of God. The Holy Spirit, he's a person. And it cannot go out. It cannot go out. And so some of you may feel like you're dry. And because you're basing it on your own strength or your religion instead of on what Christ has done on the cross. And your dependency has to be on him. And, and, and your faith must be in the blood of Jesus Christ. When people say, are you on fire for God? He says, oh, I don't feel I'm on fire for God. Oh, I'm burnt out. Well, because you're based it upon your own strength. Even, Paul, on your own understanding. Maybe you are trying, you're trying to control the Holy Spirit. Some people try to control things that happen in their life because of things in the past, and they don't want to be hurt. And so, and so they control their loved ones or they control the situation just so they're not hurt. And they try to control God and that does not work. 
the Lord, you are accepted to the beloved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are accepted by the blood of Jesus Christ. That fire cannot go out. And you just got to believe. You have to believe. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and the fire, you it's not that fire needs to be rekindled. It's that you need to awaken and surrender. Hallelujah. And your Christian life will be one of fire again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to give Errol a call. Uh, um, um, don't hang up, you guys. Um, I'll be right back, okay? I'll, I'll call him, see what's wrong. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the people on this call today, that your glory and anointing is mighty upon them, that you are blessing them in all that they do and all that they say. I praise you and thank you, Lord, that each of them will have the mind of Christ. They will flow under the glory and the anointing of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you supply their needs. It says in your word, my sheep hear my voice. Lord, I praise you that these people on this call today have turned their lives over to the shepherd. And, Lord, that they can hear your voice and get your direction in all that they do. And we pray for those that are ill today, Lord, that you will touch them by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the glory and the anointing of Jesus will be upon them, that your presence will be upon them. Lord, that the healing power of Jesus will flow through them. God, it is your will that all be saved and all are healed. So I pray, Lord, that you touch every one of them that needs healing. We pray for the angels of healing that come and touch them. Those that need new organs, Lord, I pray you send angels to bring them to them. Because there's a warehouse in heaven that has spare parts. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing them. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm back. Yeah, he's back. So where did, oh, I, yeah. where did my phone break off at? Um, you, you just started your, your message. You, you were talking about the both the um, Colvin Tongues of Fire. Wow. So none of the none of the uh, verses that I've been sharing have, have even been on. I've yeah. been off for a long time. Yes. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's okay. We, we, we're patient, so. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, these, my phone did not tell me that I was broken off, so I just continued speaking. That that happens sometimes. Happens with me. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'm not really sure where I should uh, start off here again. Cloven tongues of fire. The uh, theologians have uh, desecrated the Word of God. They have reduce the word of God to human understanding rather than what God has been saying. When we look at uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and lawyers and scribes, Jesus never had very many good things to say about them. 
actually had very harsh things to say about him. And those Pharisees and Sadducees, scribes and lawyers we don't have with us anymore, but they're called theologians instead. And we come to the book of Acts in chapter 2, and the theologians will say, well, it only happened the one time. It doesn't happen anymore. And they spread their lies and their watered-down gospel to everybody. And the congregations believe them because they've gone to cemeteries or, or seminaries, whatever they call them, and Bible schools, and they wear suits and ties, and the congregation thinks that whatever they say from behind the pulpit is truth. But yet we look at people like William Branham and R.W. Schombach, and you can read stories going down through history that the cloven tongues of fire are still being released to different people and different ministries. It has never stopped. And we need to have that fire of God, as Elvis is saying. We need to believe what the Word of God says. So in my introductory that I first gave on diplomatic immunity in part one in April, this is going to be several parts long. And I'm not really, I know that we won't finish it today at all. There might be four, five, six different parts to this. But I really need you to grab a pen and a paper and copy down these verses that I give. Because there's no way that you're going to be able to remember them. Copy them down and pray about them and meditate on them. I said that there's six portions of scripture that I would be going over every time. Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. We have music in the background. When the music began playing with uh, Elvis, I thought maybe it was a choir of angels, but I think it was just uh, on a radio or something. Anyway, we we began this uh, diplomatic immunity in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, where he says that we are ambassadors, therefore we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. And ambassadors and diplomat is the same, uh, just two different words, but it's the exact same position. And we have ambassadors that go to different nations of the world, and an ambassador represents the country that they come from. I do not represent the United States of America. I represent the kingdom of God. Too many times as 
Betty was sharing. How many times have you heard a message on the kingdom of God? It's one of the main things that Derek Prince always pressed. People hear about their denominational teachings, but they don't hear about the kingdom of God. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. Instead of denominationalism, every denomination, every denomination reduces the word of God to their understanding. And there are some denominations that will never have the power of God because they've quenched and grieved the Spirit of God so much. So we want to get back to this ambassadors of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 36, only believe. William Branham, in his ministry many times, and perhaps all of his meetings, I don't know, I've never been in any, all I can do is read about him, great men and women of God, the Catherine Coleman's, the Deborah's, the Maria Woodworth Edders, the Amy Semple McPherson's. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. And so there's denominations that put all kinds of restrictions on women and that's right from the pit of hell. Women are absolutely imperative for the kingdom of God, for the preaching and for the display of the kingdom of God, for the moving of the kingdom of God. We can go into Psalm 68, but I won't do that. But Jesus said, only believe. In Colossians chapter 2 Verse 15, as I flip through the pages here. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Jesus overcame every dominion and might, every principality and power at the cross. And it has at his ascension on the third day, as the scripture said, not as some denomination says, but as the scripture says, we have to get back to the authority of God's word, regardless of what a denomination, regardless of what some of these pastors teach. And some of these people that are called prophets and, and apostles, they're a joke. We have to get back to the authority of God's word Every principality, power, might, and dominion was defeated at the cross of Calvary. And at his ascension on the third day, sealed it. And as Luke chapter 10 says, verse 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing, nothing, no thing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I want to read that out of the Passion Translation. 
if you have opportunity to secure a passion translation, I would highly recommend it. It's incredible. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 19 out of the Passion Translation says this, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom, meaning the kingdom of Satan. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in his authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. A lot of people don't have that authority because they go by their denominational teachings and there are so many people that are faithful churchgoers. But because they have been deceived and told that they are a Christian when they really aren't, they have no authority. Their names are not written in the book of life. Their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life because they're not born again. They've come in another way, at least they thought they could, but they can't. Jesus said, you must be born again, period. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from every evil, from the evil one. But the Lord is faithful. Does anyone have a question about that? The Lord is faithful. Who will establish you? and guard you from the evil one. I don't know why we just don't believe the word of God. Let's go back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Gospel of John, chapter 17, and Jesus' last prayer. John 17, starting in verse 15 through 18. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Now, we all, you know, we all struggle with, does God hear my prayer? Is God ever going to answer my prayer? But we don't have to struggle that Jesus prayed and God always answered his prayers. Jesus prayed. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. I don't know why anybody should have a problem with that. He keeps us from the evil one. Verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. See, when we became a new creation, purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, we are no longer of this world. Hallelujah. We're of the kingdom of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into this world, I also have sent them into the world. This is Jesus' prayer. And all of his prayers were answered 100% of the time in the positive. 
So I just want to emphasize, these are his words. These aren't my words. These are his words that he will keep us from the evil one. Even though we struggle in our unbelief, which is that sin that so easily besets us, he didn't. When we look at Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 at the temptation of Christ, Jesus only defeated the enemy with the word of God. And that's the only way that we can defeat the enemy is with the word of God. So go to Luke chapter 9, verse 44. Luke chapter 9, verse 44. I'm just going to take the very first uh, sentence there. It says, let these words sink down into your ears. I think that we could, Jesus is talking about his uh, uh, death and his eventual resurrection, but I think that we can literally take that portion of Scripture and apply it to everything from Genesis to Revelation that he's spoken. Let these words sink down into your ears. See, understanding diplomatic immunity gives us protection from harm, from hurt, as we go forth as ambassadors of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, if we would open there. Starting in verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been made near by the blood of Christ. It's all about Christ. It's all about his blood. And when we've been washed in the blood, when we've been purchased by his blood, we have brought near by the blood of Christ. And this terminology in verse 12, that at the time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, this terminology, commonwealth of Israel, that could be a a whole week of study just of its own, the commonwealth of Israel. But we were aliens from it and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. No hope without God in this world. We were strangers We were aliens to the covenants, aliens to the commonwealth. You know, there's all kinds of people talking about UFOs. Well, if you want to look at an alien, look at a a person without the covenant of God. Look at a person that's not born again. They're aliens. And in a way, we're aliens also because we're no longer of this world. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. 
starting in verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is far yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly command, but according to the power of an endless life. You recognize that as a blood-bought, purchased child of God, you're a king and a priest, and we're no longer a priest of the Levitical priesthood. We're no longer a priest of the Arionic priesthood. We're priests of the Melchizedek priesthood. That's what we've been made, kings and priests of the Melchizedek priesthood. Verse 17, for he testifies you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. A better hope, a better hope, a better hope. Verse 20, and as much as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a better surety of a better covenant. And there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he ever lives to make intercession for them. Hallelujah. He didn't make just that one intercession in John 17, 24-7. 365, he is making intercession for you if you've been born again, if you've been washed in the blood, if you're a child of the living God, he is making intercession for you every second. Hallelujah. We go along thinking, well, we have to have a ministry and we need all these intercessors. I just need one intercessor, and that's him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to chapter 8, verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant which is established on better promises. So we have a better hope, we have a better covenant, and better promises. A better hope, a better promise, and, and a better covenant. We can't get any better than that. It's superior to the Old Testament. So what I'm teaching here is not a teaching on spiritual warfare, but diplomatic immunity is God's protection from any effect of it while we were in it. Because he keeps us from the power of the evil one. And if we have a trouble with that, then we have a trouble with what the word of God says, and we have to somehow make amends with that be reconciled unto God with that because his word says that he's faithful and he will keep us from the power of the evil one. He will protect us. So today we're going to go look at just some of the Old Testament protections that only the people of God had. 
And always keep in mind Hebrews 8, 6 that are just read, that it's a better hope, a better covenant, and better promises than that which is of the old. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Now, that was in the Old Covenant, and he's talking about the Amorites and the Hittites and the Canaanites and all the ites. They relate in the New Testament to serpents and scorpions, to the demon spirits, to Satan's attack on us. But it still comes back into Luke chapter 10 that he's given us all authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm us, just as he said back here in Deuteronomy 28. Matter of fact, let's just read Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord will God will set, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, say all these blessings, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all your, to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. Christian, you are called by the name of the Lord. Christian, and they shall be afraid of you. There's many people that are called Christians, but they're not Christians because they're denominationalists. They're churchgoers, but they're not Christians. They've never been born again. Verse 11, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Prosperity is God's desire for you. You shall lend and not borrow. Anybody that comes against the prosperity message, now there, there may be truly ministries that pervert the prosperity message. 
I'm not asking you to listen to prosperity preaching. I'm asking you to listen to the word of God. And the word of God says, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. You serve one God. You worship one God, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, this is an Old Testament. The vast majority of the church, kind of like what Betty was saying earlier about the kingdom of God, when she was reading Isaiah 61, and she commented, how many people do you know that are walking in this? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament here in verse in uh, Deuteronomy 28. How many do you know are walking in this? And this is the Old Covenant, and we have a new covenant that's based on a better hope, on a better covenant, on better promises than even this. So we've got to continue to press in. So let's go to First Chronicles chapter 18. First Chronicles chapter 18. As I page through here and find it myself, I either come up short or I come up long all the time here. Finally, I got it. First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, First Chronicles, Old Testament, First Chronicles, chapter 18, verse 6. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought tribute. Hear what it says. Thus the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Let's read that again. Thus the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Drop down to verse 13. David also put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became David's servants. What does it say? And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Let's read that again. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. See, David had this personal relationship. David was a type, a shadow, a copy of what a New Testament church uh, uh, believer is. David was filled with the Spirit. He said in Psalm 51, take not your spirit from me, because David had the Spirit of God. So David was much like a New Testament believer, a copy, a shadow, a type. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. David had diplomatic immunity. The Lord God Almighty does the protection. David had this close relationship with the Lord. And that's what a lot of churchgoers don't have because they are not born again. They are not filled with the Spirit. They do not have a close relationship with the Lord. So therefore, they walk defeated. They borrow instead of lend. 
they're the tail instead of the head. But the word of God says that you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the country. That whatever I set my hand to do, I'll be blessed. I'll prosper. Whatever I do, I shall prosper. Let's go to Psalm 61. Psalm 61, verse 7. Psalm 61, verse 7. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him or guard him or keep him. See, many people do not know the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 17, 17, I read earlier, says, Your word is truth. In John 18, 38, Jesus was standing right in front of Pilate, and Pilate was having this question, questioning, questioning. He was interrogating Jesus. And Pilate says, what is truth? In John 18, 38. And he had the truth standing right in front of him. But Pilate didn't know the truth. What is truth? There's a lot of people that the truth is right before them, but they don't know the truth because they know denominationalism. That's all that they know. They know traditionalism. That's all that they know. But they don't have a relationship that David had. They don't have relationship that Moses had. They don't have relationship that Paul had. They don't have relationship that Peter had. They don't have relationship that James had. They don't have relationship. All they have is dead tradition. So because they don't know the truth in Psalm 61, 7, he shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him or guard him or keep him. But because they don't know truth, see, if we sit under teachings about how powerful Satan is, <clears throat> Satan is the demons can do this and they can do that. And no, oh, Satan and, and they're always attacking me. Oh, they're always doing this. They're always doing this. Then we subject ourselves to the enemy's lies rather than the truth of God's word. Jesus conquered every one of them and made a public spectacle of them at the cross. And the Lord will preserve us and keep us because he's faithful. Psalm 105 Psalm 105, I'm sure you've all heard this many times before, but you always put it in the context of it applies to somebody else. Psalm 105, verse 13 through 15. When they went from one nation to another, see, as ambassadors doing the Great Commission, we go from one nation to another whether it's within this country of one city to another or whether it's to Native American tribes, First Nation peoples, whether it's from one county to another, one part of the city to another part of the city, one part of the state to another part of the state, 
one part of the nation to another part of the nation or whether we go into the nations of the world as ambassadors of Christ. We're doing that great commission that Jesus commanded us to do, go preach the kingdom of God. Verse 13, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted, who? He, the Lord, permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. If you have the fire of God, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you have the anointing. And this applies to anybody that has the anointing of God. This does not apply to somebody that stands behind a pulpit because so many people standing behind the pulpit have no anointing. But this says, do not touch my anointed ones. The anointing comes from God. The anointing does not come from Bible school, the anointing does not come from seminary, cemetery. The anointing comes from God. People trust in flesh and blood rather than the spirit of God. And so we look here at Psalm 105 and we see diplomatic immunity. And it has everything to do with the anointing. But it carries right back into Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I have given you all power over all the authority of the enemy. You'll trample upon serpents and scorpions and nothing, no thing, nothing, no thing, nothing, no thing, nothing by any means shall harm you or protect or or hurt you. It kind of flows over into uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 18, where he says, if you think any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. So we stand, now, we're not going to go through all of the Old Testament. I think I'm going to finish it off right here because of, of the time. But next week, or next week, next time I come back in part three, we're going to go into Numbers chapter 22, Numbers chapter 23, and Numbers chapter 24. If you're listening to this today, I would highly recommend reading Numbers chapter 22 through Numbers chapter 24. That's what I'm going to be ministering on the next time that I come back in part three. And you'll again find diplomatic immunity was in the Old Testament and how much better how much more so that we have a better hope, a better covenant established on better promises than even that of the old. So let's uh, end this in uh, 1 John chapter 5. I have a perhaps a little testimony I want to give here also. 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Isn't that something? Again, I feel sorry for the people that go to churches that teach them that they, they're sinners. Listen, you're either a sinner or you're a saint. 
You're not a sinner and a saint. You were a sinner. If you were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, you were no longer a sinner. A sinner is somebody that is purposely against the things of God, against the kingdom of God. You're a saint. He says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one does not touch him. Let's read that again. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now, if we, if we have a problem with that, we've got a problem with the word of God. Again, it's not what I'm saying. This is what the word says. God keeps them from the wicked one. In 1 John chapter 5, in the Passion, this is what it says. We are convinced that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life because the Son of God protects the child of God and the evil one cannot touch him. We are convinced that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life because the Son of God protects the child of God and the evil one cannot touch him. So I'm going to end this Today, this is all talking about diplomatic immunity. Only believing what the Word of God says, not what some denominations teach, but what the Word of God says. So I was in, a couple years ago, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was leaving the city going up into the mountains, Charleston Mountain, and I was going to go on a three-day fast. And I'm, I'm from the flat country. I don't know that much about mountains. So it was like 103 that day, 105 that day in the city. And I went up into the Mount Charleston and set up my tent with an intention of fasting three days in the mountains. Well, lo and behold, the evening came, and it dropped down to like 28 degrees up in that mountain that night. I did not have any (laughs) idea that it would get that cold up in the mountain when it was that hot down in in the valley. Instead of praying. I mean, I was praying, but I was shaking so bad and shivering so bad because I didn't bring I didn't bring clothing for that kind of temperatures. I had no idea it would get that cold that night. And the morning came up and I decided, you know what, if I'm going to continue fasting and praying, I've got to get out of this mountain. And so I looked it up on a map and they had this place northeast of Las Vegas in the 
it's called a fire canyon and i uh, or it's called the valley of fire that's what it's called valley of fire and i thought well that's where i want to go so i packed the car up and i went down to the valley of fire and i always like to find a campsite that is remote from everybody else i don't i don't like to sit up next to somebody else's camper or tent or something i always look for the primitive campsite so i found the campsite that was farthest from everybody it was kind of down in this little valley you know, between these two little rock edifices and i was a long ways from everybody it was the farthest campsite away from everybody i set my tent up there and uh it was about 110 100 and, you know it, it was hot down there but it was at least i was not going to freeze like i did that night before so i was in my tent and i was praying i was interceding i was fasting and i i find it rather unique in that area that they don't have all these bugs like we have here they don't have mosquitoes they don't even know what a mosquito is and so i had my i've got this little dome tent and i had the windows open i had the screens down it was just wide open and i was praying and interceding and it was uh, getting along about midnight it was a full moon you could see everything it was just like a city lights out out there and in the very far distance i could hear a wolf howling and i thought yeah this is neat i like this and i'm praying and interceding and windows are open the the screen is open and about one o'clock at night these two white doves came down kind of frolicking that's all i can say that they were doing i don't know what they were doing but i'm going to say that they were frolicking <laughs> and uh right in front of my tent right in front of my open window and i just observed them and they were just whatever they were doing they were having fun two totally white doves never seen such a thing in my life and they finally you know they they frolicked for uh a couple minutes in front of my tent and they disappeared and i continued praying and interceding and finally decided about 2:30 in the morning i'd better zip up the screens and zip up the windows and just continue interceding and i i did that and i don't know it was about three o'clock in the morning something started attacking my tent from the outside <laughs> all i could think of is it was it it had to be something like a wolf because you could see the the prints of these animal would push against the side of the tent about four feet up and it would go around the tent and push it was like the two front paws of an animal pushing against the tent and it was shaking the tent and you could see the paw prints but there was no sound from the outside and so it it startled me i didn't know what it was but i began to say 
well, I'm a child of God. I'm a blood-bought child of God. I began saying all these scriptures about who I was in Christ. And the attack continued to get worse and worse. And as I continued to say out loud all of these scriptures that I remembered of who I was in Christ, the attack continued to get worse. And normally I would have a, a buck knife or a, my, my campsite axe with me, but I didn't have any one of those in my tent. I had no protection, but it wouldn't have done any good anyway. But I didn't have any weapons of any kind in, in there. And finally, I realized that I had to change my prayer. I had to change what I was saying. And rather than saying who I was in Christ, I began focusing on who he was. You're my high tower and fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my protector. You are my God and my Lord. You're my Savior. You, you, you. And I began, I began quoting scripture about who he was out loud. And as I quoted scripture out loud about who he was, the attack quit and it disappeared. It went, it just disappeared. The next morning I got up, unzipped the tent, and my car was several, uh, maybe a thousand feet away. And as I opened up the tent door and walked out, there was a man standing by my car with a big German shepherd. But he was just, they were both staring at me. And as I came out of the tent, they turned around and walked away. I have no idea if they had anything to do with it. But all I know is that God protected me because I recognized that he was my high tower. He was my fortress. He was my deliverer. He was my all in all. It wasn't who I was in Christ. It wasn't anything about me. It was all about who he is. Diplomatic immunity is all about who he is and having a relationship with him. And so I want to end this today and challenge you to make sure that you were born again, that you're not just a churchgoer, that you're not just a denominationalist. But Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't, he didn't give an identification on it that you're supposed to be a Catholic or a Baptist or a Lutheran or a, an Assembly of God or Church of God or Methodist or Presbyterian or a Word of Faith or a Protestant or whatever. He said you must be born again, period. And if you've never been born again, I ask that you commit your life to him. And if you're a sinner, and if you're continuing in sin, you're not going to make it. But those who are born, those who have been born of God, those who have been born of the Spirit, those who have been born of the Word, those who have been born of the washing of the water of the Word, 
cease from sin and they can walk a sinless life. Because that's what the Word of God says. And I believe the Word, not a denominational teaching. You must be born again. And as you're born born again, you become a babe in Christ. You don't know everything. In fact, when you're a babe, you know very little. You know nothing. And from that point on, you began to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's an eternal growth. John wrote, he said, about the children, about the little children, about the young men and the fathers and the faith. We all start as babes in Christ, no matter how old we are. I've seen five-year-olds get born again. I've seen 55-year-olds get born again. And I've seen 90-year-olds get born again. And they all have to start off at the same point. A lot of their denominational teachings, they have to throw out the window because they were false. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. The Word of God is true. It's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we build our life on the Word of God. Believe what the Word says. And we continue to grow. In Jesus' name, be blessed in the city, in the country. Whatever you set your hand to do, you shall prosper. You shall be blessed. The fruit of your womb shall be blessed. The fruit of your body shall be blessed. And that's the Old Testament. We have a better hope, a better promise, and better covenant than even that of the Old so at this point, I give it over to Elvis again, and I thank you. And we will be going back into diplomatic immunity in Numbers chapter 22 the next time we get together. And I encourage you to read that so that when we come into it, you'll see some new stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I really felt the anointing on on you this time, Errol. Hallelujah. Um, what an awesome testimony at the end. You know, two doves are, you know, a dove is a symbol for the Holy Spirit. It's also a symbol for peace. Two doves are, two. number two is a symbol for Jesus Christ. You know, the wolf that came at night. And maybe that man with, with the, German, German, big German Shepherd was an angel. Maybe angels have dogs. I, I, I didn't know that, but, but you know, who knows? Maybe he came there at night and stood there, and, and that wolf went away. But it, it's awesome. So when you, when you fast, you you have experiences like that. Hallelujah. It's, it's Amen. A, it was a it was a growing period for me because. See, I was I was being with the understanding of knowing who I am in Christ, which is it is important. But see, again, the church so often has everything backwards. 
because I don't I won't really know who I am in Christ if I don't know first who Christ is. And so a lot of times new believers come into into the you know, they they become new believers and the people start saying, Well, you gotta know who you are in Christ and they begin this teaching to them about who they are in Christ. And that's backwards. It should be get to know a personal relationship with Christ, get to know who he is, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, El Gabor, the Almighty. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Yahweh. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Hira, Jehovah. He's Yahweh, Rafa. That we have to know who he is, and once we know who he is, then we can understand who we are in him. So get to know him. Get to have a vibrant relationship with him. And get to know him. And then when you get to know him, then you will know who you are in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Pray, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, we're almost done. I know we're going a little bit late, but the Lord spoke to me while I was talking. And I'm hesitate on what I'm going to say. But I, I I see the the fur the the fury of God or the wrath of God is this bowl this bowl of fire this bowl of fury of anger is to the top and and we're about to see his anger I'm not talking about the tribulation I'm talk but the Bible does talk about many tribulations. And um, but we're about to see the, that um, the plans of the wicked will not come to fullness, and we're about to see God's answer. And he spoke two words to me um, in contact, and he said, "Hey, guy." Chapter 1, verse 2 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Well, this is the time. This is the time to build the house of the Lord. And the Lord wants to, you know, He wants to thrust forth missionaries evangelists, apostles, prophets, church planning movements, new life. And that this is a time that we that we really prioritize God over our own parties. That and then he took me to Haggai chapter two, verse six. For thus said the Lord of hosts, 
once more in a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations. And they will come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill the temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. And I saw... I saw... A couple of nations, all of a sudden there was silence in their capitals and it went on for a couple of days. People are trying to figure out what's going on. And and before that came be, be, before the, the announcement of what's going on, the military was in every major city of those nations. And and the military was at full alert so that no other nation would do anything. And Russia and China stood still. But they knew what was going on. And then the announcement was made. At the same time, the announcement, there's another announcement from the Vatican, the Pope is dead. And for a while, for a long time, I don't know how long, maybe a couple months, they don't even choose a pope. And I don't know the history of how, how long it takes to, to choose a pope, but this will be a period where there is no pope. I don't know how long. But anyways, and then things start moving. The military makes their announcement after, you know, the different nations and the, and the finances start being feel the oil prices go down, the food begins to go forth. But the thing is, all nations begin to open up for the fear of God begin to spread. And then people begin to pray, begin to gather and pray. People begin to gather and pray because... Because cause a lot of people are being tried, trial after trial. And it's just a shock, so people start praying and praying and praying. Not just Christians, but unbelievers are, are coming to pray. And, then, and they're coming to know Jesus Christ. Some people think it's the end of the world. Um, but the thing is, Thing is that then then we begin to see the Holy Spirit begin to move. Hallelujah, the glory of God begins to come. Hallelujah. the The jet fuel goes down price. The jet fuel goes down. I I saw this that the day will come where where anyone anyone it'll be just common to go on vacation if you. To, to travel around the world. It'll be easy just to travel around the world. It'll be just common for people just to travel around the world for a vacation. They won't think about just going over here. But the thing is, is this is going to happen. This is going to come. And this word that the Lord spoke to me, it was such a, such a, like a solitude. 
solitude. Word. We are coming into times that we really need to pray. But the thing is, we're already praying. But a lot of people are not praying because they, they're, you know, the ones that are praying, they're praying. Okay? They've been praying. God's praying. They're like the remnant. They're like the faithful. Hallelujah. And their number has grown. But there's a lot of people that don't pray. And and they say that um, there's a poll that says that 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 many people are are dis- discouraged with God or the belief of God, and and I don't know if I believe in that report because I don't know where they took their report, but but they said among Republicans and because people, God is up there, and among you know liberals, which you know is way down there. Um, but the thing is, is us uh, people that are Republicans or conservatives, they need to repent from their false conservatism. They need to repent. They need to repent. We're right there. God says we're right there. Hallelujah. We are right there. Hallelujah. We're right there. Hallelujah. And, and the Lord wants everyone to know that He is alive. And then he does not wink his eye at the wicked. He does not wink his eye. He does not. He. Uh, he. They will not get get away with it. So hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. But justice is coming. Justice is coming, hallelujah. Justice is coming, hallelujah. Praise God. Even. Even that one widow that went to the unjust judge and kept on praying, kept on crying, he heard. How much will Jesus hurt here? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, amen. Thank you for joining. And um, please, um, you can visit our um, 17 Nations Conference Call podcast um, or at anchor.fm17 and listen to Arrow um, um, Diplomatic Community the last one, and um, he's going to be going on, like, these are like five, five topics, this is the second one, so, so, try to, um, listen to that, so, so you, hallelujah, he also has his, his podcast, at anchor.fm, Arrow Anderson, that, that's, and then, and then Marty Pierce has his podcast, hallelujah, Marty Pierce, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, Praise the Lord, and and it's about his journey, his walk with Christ, as he rides his his Harley Davidson, and and if Harley Davidson wants to donate a motorcycle to Marty, um, that we appreciate it. So, and Praise and um, Hallelujah. Um, so because um, you know we're not advertising for free, so Hallelujah. So, pray, praise the Lord. Um, but anyways, it's it, it's pretty interesting. Hallelujah, Amen. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. God bless you, everyone. And have an awesome, awesome day. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Errol. Thank you, Betty. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, always. Thank you, Chrissy Sam. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. We mm-hmm. in the green room we, we did have this guy named Joel and and um Errol was writing words for him to say, you know, because somehow the guy he 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 lost his his brain doesn't function properly, but he still won't con- say the sinner's prayer and all that. Still won't <laughs> say the sinner's prayer, but we couldn't have him on today. So well, you take care everyone. God bless you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You're still there. I'm here. All right. So, uh, Phoenix, are you having the 108s and 9s and 10s already? Oh, my gosh, yes. It was even up to 110, 12, 13 the other day. It was hot. It was hot. I can't (laughs) complain about being cold. I'm I'm just hot. (laughs) Yeah, really. Today, I, when I went when I went down to Las Vegas, I was uh, trying to go to work out there, and I was there for about two months, and the uh, the temperatures were just I, mean, I I I was so glad that they didn't send me to work because I would have been working outside, and it's like there's no way I could make today, you know. Yeah. And after I was there for about eight weeks, I I went downtown, and uh, it was like July 4th or July 5th, some July 6th, someplace in there. And uh, I went to this outside, outdoor coffee, and and I was sitting outside, and I was thinking, boy, today's really a nice day. I wonder what the temperature is. And I looked around for a thermometer, you know, a temperature, and it said it was 106. And I realized at that point that I had acclimated finally to the to the weather. <laughs> but but prior to that, I was like, it was horrendous. I would have died if I would have gone to work right away. My goodness. Yeah. It, it gets really hot, that's for sure. Yeah. So If it's 100, but, under, under 105, I'm fine. If it's over 105, then I'm uncomfortable. Oh, they're, they're, actually, they're actually forecasting 103 and 105 up here for the next two days. Oh my, that's that's unusual for your part of the country. Yeah, and so usually when that comes in, we end up with high humidity too. So it's just it's excruciating. Yeah, thank God we don't have the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the southern yeah. states right now are having temperatures like that, 105, 106, but their humidity is so bad they're going to be miserable. Yeah, when I growing up here. Uh, I suppose, I don't know if this is in 57, 58, 60, someplace in there, we were out planting a bunch of trees, and uh, there were storm clouds coming in, and I mean, it was just sweltering hot that day, and came back to the house to look at what the temperature was, and it was 114 here. So the the low the lowest I've ever seen it is 42 below zero and the highest I've ever seen it is 114 above. Oh. So we have this incredible you know temperature <laughs> swing here, but I don't like either one. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how boring it would be in San Fr- San Diego or Hawaii where it's 80 degrees every day and sunny. You know. <laughs> That kind of boredom I like. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. 
Well, thank you, Lord. We're we're safe and sound so far. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So for your message, yeah. Well, I don't know how long I was off. My goodness, uh, you know. You weren't on very long. (laughs) You weren't on very long. Wow. So, I don't know how much of you know how much I've skipped and and for the blank period there and everything I've but whatever where you, it, where you came in we'd heard that little bit but then all of a sudden we were into a part where you weren't there it, you didn't miss much oh you didn't okay. miss anything because you came in talking about I can't remember exactly where it was that you had just spoken that when it clicked out so I thought you came wow. in almost right where you left out I thought that's as interesting wow. I figured the Lord tied that yeah, so you know, it's my phone. It, it, it you know, it it was on the whole time, so it showed me connected. So it you know, I don't know what happened there, but that's the marvel of technology today, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. like, that's it. like that uh, advertisement with Verizon. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Sure. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll let you go here. Lord bless you, Betty, and thanks for what you, you shared. It's absolute. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Have a wonderful Lord rest bless. of the day. Okay. Bye bye. Sure will. Bye bye. Thank you, Jesus.